Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. It's actually quite a weekend here in the Diocese of Buffalo. Uh, One of those kind of hopeful spots that we see. We have... uh, it happens every year, but this year it is special because uh, it is the ordination of our deacons. And instead of being at St. Joseph Cathedral, it is uh, taking place this weekend at uh, Our Lady of Victory Basilica because, quite frankly, we needed more space. There were 15 men who will be ordained either a transitional or permanent deacon all uh, all together at the, at the same liturgy. And uh, that gives us a great opportunity to talk about what's uh, going on since, of course, that is uh, one of the um, – the diaconate is a focal program and uh, one of the uh, steps on the way to priestly formation at Christ the King Seminary. And it will not surprise you then, since I said that, that our guest is Father Joseph Gatto, Father, President, Rector of the Seminary. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Greg. It's great to be here. Uh, it's nice to have a, a positive like that to talk about, right, this year. I mean, that is, that, I mean, that, um, I, I don't think I'm overstating if I say it's been a long time. Right. This kind of number, well, first of all, uh, of the 15 that will get ordained to the diaconate, Seven of them are transitional who will move on to priesthood, but the other eight are permanent deacons. And so somehow that gift of ministry is coming forward from the sacrament of marriage and these married men who have decided to be kind of the caritas, the service, love of the church. Um, And we're doing it, of all places, at Our Lady of Victory, at the very heart of one of the most... uh, mission-focused parish in the diocese after Father Nelson Baker. You know, and what a great place to do it when you look at diaconate and Father Baker's legacy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, based on, you mentioned that the, these men called from from their family in, in marriage in terms of the permanent diaconate, and uh, Father Baker was all about family. That was uh, the genesis exactly. of the whole Our Lady of Victory institution and parish. Right. It's interesting because, you know, uh, people are asking me the question, you know, how are the numbers? How are the numbers? Yeah, that's what people always say. And, and I always say, I'm not really a numbers guy. You know, show me the, show me the results. Show me right. the progress. Show the product. But, you know, you have to realize that uh, 22 years ago, we had a total of 12 seminarians at Christ the King. You know, and there was a question about, you know, even its viability. And this year, we started the academic year off with 42 men, you know, 16 new men coming out and deciding that they want to move towards priesthood. In the climate in which we live, in the situation they find themselves. And I did my rector's conference at the beginning of the orientation this year. And my very last uh, PowerPoint slide says, thank you for saying yes. And I wanted to reiterate the fact that in this day, regardless of what's happening in Buffalo or around the country or in the church... God's grace is at work calling people forward, and they're responding. Deacons and their wives are coming forward. Lay ministry, our numbers for graduate students, our retreats, our conferences have been incredible. Well, you know, I want to talk about that very thing. Let me just uh, stay on the diaconate topic for a minute, only because I, I, you know, especially it's such an important uh, weekend, particularly for our permanent diaconate program. You know, I want to give them their do a little bit. Of course, um, uh, that has been going on for years now at, at Christ the King 
seminary and it's become more and more integrated into the overall mission in, in ministry and, and overall formation and uh, academic program at the at, at the seminary. Where, where are we at on the permanent diaconate side? Well, let, let me just tell you exactly because we, we did a complete review of the diaconate program that took two years. There has been a re-implementation of the program to make sure that we're recruiting and bringing forth uh, individuals for the diaconate. But this is the first – we have 11 inquirers. 11 new people who have started the program this year. I mean, if we did that over the course of five years, we're talking about 55 people in yeah. uh, formation. Something's happening. And I always like to let people know that the gift of permanent diaconate flows from that great gift of marriage, that great gift of communion, that covenant of service. And so we're talking about a sacrament of marriage coming to birth in a whole new way of service for the church, which is incredible. They add such a dynamic to the whole community at Christ the King. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Father Joseph Gatto is president rector at Christ the King Seminary. As we talk about the the various programs there, cks.edu, of course, is the website for anything that uh, we talk about today. In fact, a little later on in the program, uh, I, I know you have the Curie of Ours dinner Awards coming up, and uh, once again, some terrific honorees there. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on. CKS.edu is the website, and you know, you, you, you hinted at one of the you more than hinted at one of the ongoing questions that we get down here at the Catholic Center these days is why would anybody want to be, become a priest? These days, and I suppose by you know um, people are focused on the on the priesthood primary, but I suppose the same thing goes with our permanent deacons. Why would anybody choose that in this in these times and and these climates? Yet, what we're seeing is just the opposite. People are yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting because you know a call to a vocation isn't just a question of deciding to do something. That somehow God's grace is active in the life of a, a person, a, a man for priesthood, a deacon and his wife, a, a lay person and that stuff. That somehow God is calling them. If we look at the history of the church, do you realize that every time that there was an issue, a crisis or something, somehow God's people came forward with new ideas and new people. There was almost a generation a generating of new vocations and a new sense of the ladies involved. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. I think that the church is going through a very difficult time, a challenging time, but I think God is calling people. And I told my seminarians, You're, how do you engage in the solution? How do you move us forward? How are you going to be a part of a, a new understanding of priesthood? Uh, I am very proud of the men who are coming forward, and I'm very proud of the guys that we're ordaining. The formation program that we have, has transformed itself since the middle of the uh, the 1980s in terms of the experiences that they go through, the evaluations they go through, the psychological testing, the recommendations, the supervision by parishioners and lay people and hospital CPE programs. I counted up at least there are 34 times that a man will be with us for the, uh, the, the five years in terms of theology, there's at least 34 times where they go through some type of evaluation process, an interview, whether it's a psychological test or how do they perform in a parish. And this is not done by priests only. This is not done. Our formation team, we have an integrated formation team. We have three full-time women who are on that team. We have married people who are on that team. We have married men and we have some priests, of course. But we have something that you know, many dioceses haven't had for years. Now they're calling for it. We've been doing it for 25 or 30 years. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of turn of events in many ways. I'm thinking back to um, 
uh, when members of your faculty were were here last year to talk about the um, you know the theology and philosophy uh, a conference that you had out right. there, and those were some of the very things that they were talking about this integration that it, that theology doesn't happen as a thing in and of itself these days. Correct. You know. And, yeah, and I agree with you. And uh, we have to just look at the faculty over the last five years how we have transformed the faculty. We. One of my faculty members, um, Brian Bajic, just yesterday defended his doctoral dissertation. You know, this is a young man, a guy who is in a very healthy relationship, plans down the road to be married. We have another guy with his family and his children there. The, the women that are on the faculty, this is a whole new church. These are young, committed Catholics who believe in the eternal truth of the gospel, and they understand that somehow their role as Catholic gentlemen or Catholic ladies, they're going to be a part of forming the new ministers for the future. I can't tell you how excited I am about what we're doing. In addition to that, um, one of the priests of the diocese, when he was kind of doing Upon This Rock, he said to one of the donors, he said, well, Christ the King has technology in their classroom building. They have electric lights. Well, that was about the only thing we had. And I'm happy to say now that our new education center, which we just are dedicating next week, actually, you know, we're going to have distance learning. Ten different locations throughout the Diocese of Buffalo in parishes so that people don't have to travel to the 132 acres in East Aurora. But we can have a class in baptism, catechetics. We can work with people from all over the world now. And somehow our students are getting the best of the best. It's a spiritual center, a formational center, an educational, and a human development center. This model for formation I would have to say, and please, I know I'm, you know, I'm the rector. Uh, I think it's second to none, and not because of me. It's because of the incredible faculty who are committed themselves to this. And so our guys come and say, "Yeah, I think I can do this. I can be priest. I can be deacon. I can be a lay minister in the church. I can offer myself." So I have to say, with eight thousand people showing up on campus last year, we're certainly doing okay. I, I yeah, it definitely sounds that way. As you're talking about the the new facilities, I think back to. Uh, when I started and interned with the diocese. And of course, at the time, really, um, uh, Christ the King was on, I suppose, the leading edge then because we had the whole teleconference facility there on right, the, on the right, back yes. side of the yeah. auditorium. Of course, that, a lot of that was one-way technology and you have to be over the phone and everything. We weren't as developed as, as we were now. But the, I mean, the seeds were planted 25, 30 years ago towards where you're moving now, it seems right. like. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the message of the gospel is eternal. Despite the, the vicissitudes and the difficulties of life, the life and the message of the gospel is eternal. How you package it. I said the same thing when I was a pastor at two different parishes, that somehow, some way, you know, it's one thing to have the message and the truth of the gospel, the great tradition, but how you package it and send it out there to people. How do you, how do you reach out and get those people who haven't been a part of church and tell them the message in a new way? You can't do it as if we were a 1950 church. Right. And that's what we're trying to tell our students. There's a creative energy that has to be a part of the, let's say, the evangelization, the pastoral approach. And I want all of our students, a, a woman who's there so that she can one day be the parish administrator out in some parish out in Allegheny County. Uh, and I just think it's so important that we, we do these things and we don't allow ourselves to be overcome by, you know, oh, we've always done it this way. I tell my staff, the last thing I ever want to hear you say is, oh, we've always done it this way. I say it around here all the time. You know, if the answer is that's the way we've always done it, that's probably the reason we shouldn't be doing it that way anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. right. Father Joe Gatto is president rector at uh, Christ the King Seminary. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Um, we started to talk a little bit about 
about the formation program specifically. And I think people would be maybe especially, you know, given the, the the current state of of the church and whatnot, I think they'd like to know how men become priests these days. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well as some other things at Christ the King Seminary when we come back here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. Make your voice heard. There are thousands of Catholic New Yorkers who are working together for justice in our society, promoting the values important to our faith. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. For more information, call the Office of Pro-Life Activities of the Diocese of Buffalo at 716-847-2205 and visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. Thanks for being with us this week on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. We are talking about Christ the King Seminary. Fifteen men this weekend being ordained uh, to the diaconate, either transitional diaconate or the permanent diaconate. Father Joe Gatto, the president rector of Christ the King Seminary, joins us today. And, and we talked a little bit in the, in the first part about the the formation program specifically, how men become priests. And that's one thing that I, you know, everybody kind of thinks it's a big secret. There's all kinds of misconceptions oh, about, you know, how somebody becomes a priest and, and and that. Let's let's clear up some of the mystery for people. Well, it's interesting because, you know, people say, they'll say, well, how long does it take? And I tell them, well, a minimum of eight years. And yeah. they go, what? I said, you have to realize that the people who are coming forward for priesthood come from the culture in which we live in. And whether it's a Catholic environment or they're a convert to Catholicism or they've had a previous occupation or life or relationship, we've got to start them out. It's a total of, first of all, almost a year-long application process, right. evaluations and psychological testing and all that stuff, medical and all that. Then there's two years of pre-theology. The integration of, you know, philosophy and religious studies and the basic teachings of, you know, religion, you know, so that we can get the young men at least on the same starting point. And then after that, there are four years of theology. And in the middle of those four years, we actually have a full year where the man goes to a parish and has a team of eight to ten parishioners plus pastor and that who evaluate all of his things. So he has like a practicum. Now, you'd say, okay, that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of years. They have 132 credits in theology, which includes preaching, teaching, counseling, all types of formation workshops that we have in terms of relationships and communication and ability to understand, you know, boundaries and all of those things so that they can be a healthy person. Because you can't, you can't just put a cassock and a collar on a person. You have to somehow develop the human person, understand who they are, what they're doing, and what God's calling them to. But one of the things that I think is so critically important is that every step of the way, this is done in in, an integrative way. Um, We have uh, probably at Christ the King one of the most extensively integrated programs in the country. I will hold it up against any program because we involve laymen, women, parishioners, uh, the person who hears them in a Sunday homily or a reflection. They work with them in terms of baptisms and food pantries. Our men, every single semester, 
they go out and do field education. And whether it's the response to Love Center, whether it's at a hospital, a parish, a school teaching, whatever it may be, they're constantly being monitored and questioned. They have evaluations every semester. They have peer assessments every year. There's a thousand things that we do in order for them to make sure that they're a healthy, holy person. Then they can say, honestly, I think I'm being called to priesthood. And uh, a side story maybe is that years ago when we had a program called, called by name, we had over 500 names submitted. Well, most of those fell by the wayside. Uh, for a lot of different reasons. Some people, you know, submitted a name and the guy was married or, you know, he never, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> sure. But the priest in the diocese used to say, called by name, rejected by Gatto, because I was the vocation director at the time. You know, we have to say yes, but we also have to say no. Yeah. And that's what the whole process is about, bringing people forward. And I want to not end this, but say to you that the evaluation process is happening every day. When we go to class and there's a housewife or a father or a young person, college person, today we had a, a course, you know, on liturgy, and there were like six or seven 20-year-olds who are not thinking about priesthood. They're, they're parishioners in a parish. That integration of relationship and communication is so valuable. Well, I think it's critical just in terms of where the church is at. Correct. These days. Um, exactly. I mean, it's no secret that, um, you know, vocation numbers continue to be down and we don't have like back in the day. Uh, you can look at the Catholic Center. We have about half the number of priest administrators we had when I started here. Okay. Yeah. With the, priests are not in those roles right. anymore. And actually they're in a more complicated role because it used to be they would go into a parish and be the sacramental person. Now they have to learn how to be dynamic evangelizers. Yeah. They have to lead people and be collaborative and bring people on board. You know, somehow to work closely with a woman and a man because they're running the parishes. I'm the canonical pastor for a parish in the diocese, St. John's in Alden, and I walk in and I work with women and men and sisters and lay people and teachers and principals. And basically my responsibility is to be the spiritual person. It's a whole different thing. You know, people say, you know, we had a, a huge influx after World War II of vocations. I mean, that peak was unnatural for a variety of different reasons. And people say, well, we need to get back to that. We won't. We don't need to because there's a whole breadth of people baptized in the church. Lay people are being called. The great gift of the church after the Second Vatican Council is that we realize we're all called to ministry. Yes, the priest has a very unique role. Yes, he is the sacramental minister. Yes, he's called to be the spiritual father of a parish. And he should take that responsibility strongly and personally. But I have to tell you that some of the great moments in my ministry as a pastor was working with lay women and lay men because they somehow get it in a different way, a different perspective. And that's what I want all our seminarians to understand. Well, there are... I... They're thrust in the middle of it every day at the seminary because it's not like you've got a program out there that the seminarians are in and you've got a program that the lay students are absolutely in. Not. We're all in the classroom together these days. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that I have put together since my arrival five years ago is we put together a spiritual summer program because I believe that in relation to all these other things that I've mentioned very quickly that we needed to have a spiritual summer. There's four days of orientation in the spiritual life for a diocesan priest. There's an eight-day Silent directed Ignatian retreat done for the seminarians for by a Jesuit. Then they have three weeks of immersion in the classics. John of the Cross, Teresa of Ava, Francis Assisi, Charles de Foucault, all of these people. And then we take them to the Holy Land for 10 days so they can walk the way of Jesus so that when they come back, they never are the same. 
And we're opening it up to the diaconate this year. We're opening it up to our lay students this year because that whole immersion in the spiritual life. Um, I have to say that when I first entered the seminary in 1975, <laughs> you know, when I graduated high school and went to seminary, most of the stuff was – Just bad. remember, I didn't ask you that. You, you brought that up. <laughs> right. right. A, but, you know, <laughs> it, I saw it begin to change, you know, in so many different ways. And I, I have to say John, Pope John Paul II – and Pastor Dababobis, in his commitment in 1990-92 to put together a whole new program for priestly formation, we center on the human person. Because if it's not a healthy, holy person, how can you say yes to a ministry? Priesthood, ministry, diaconate is not a place for anybody to hide. And we've got to deal with those issues. Uh, now, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about our deacons, about our seminarians. Uh, somebody might be listening today and go, I'd like to maybe do more in my church or learn more or whatever. And what do you tell me every time you're in? <laughs> Welcome. Come out. Come for a walk. Come for a course. We have open houses. That if you go on our website, we're going to have in October, we're going to have an open house where you can sit in any class that you want. We actually recently had a raffle at one of our big events, and we gave away free, a free, two free graduate courses, two free certificate courses to people who had never been there. Because I'm absolutely convinced that once you start learning and that stuff and you get into the spiritual role and the theological role, you'll want to do more. We need healthy young women and men to come forward to respond to the call to ministry, especially to take the church where it needs to go for the next year and the next year and the next year. Uh, what What's the steps for somebody if they are interested in maybe First of all, they can go online and they can look at our website because we have a brochure that tells you about all the fall courses, all the workshops. We have a dinner lecture series. We have all kinds. Of, I'm giving a retreat actually in October. I should know the dates. I think it's the 3rd through 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 of October. You're welcome to come for adults. Anyone can come. Um, but you go online or you call Christ the King um, and you just ask for the academic office or you can ask for Eileen Warner, who is the Director of Pastoral Outreach and Mission. Uh, CKS.edu is the website, uh, the general number. Oh, man. 652-8900. 8900. I was going to give the wrong t numbers at the end. I got the 652. That was there good. Go. Yeah, was, that go. was okay. Uh, now, you mentioned things coming up in October. Of course, I mentioned it uh, earlier on in the program. Uh, our annual Cure of Ours Award Dinner. It, it's a big fundraiser for the seminary, but it's also a great opportunity to to recognize some folks who have really played a, a role in the life of the diocese. Exactly. It happens usually always around the first week of October. We usually have a, a sellout crowd, um, and I think it's important that we recognize both not just priests who have been encouraging a priesthood in Christ thinking, but also lay people. So every year we have different people. This year is Father uh, Gregory Dobson, who is the, well, actually now he's retired, former uh, rector of the Basilica down in our, our St. Mary's of the Angels in Olean, and Mr. Joseph Steckel, who has been a uh, an advocate of the seminary. He has been an attorney for us for years and for the diocese, uh, and he is being honored. And I have to tell you, the the response about honoring a man of this cal caliber and quality has been overwhelming. We hope that you'll join us. There's information on the webpage, uh, but please support us because it's one of the ways that we support the mission of Christ the King. Again, all of that is at cks.edu. So the semester's uh, in full swing. You mentioned some of the other programs that uh, that uh, you know are going now at the at the seminary, and some things that'll come up in the in the spring and and uh, even next summer. Um, as we wrap up 
today any 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 last thoughts well, you know what do you want to say to folks of the diocese about Christ the King I have repeatedly uh, since arriving there said that Christ the King cannot just be 132 acres out in East Aurora, that we have to somehow be a part of the new evangelization for the church across Buffalo, across the diocese, the eight counties. I would love everybody to know that we work towards that, whether it's through our diaconate program, our seminary program, whether it's through our graduate program. But now with our new educational center, I want people to come and see so they can take the message home. We are not just in East Aurora. We're everywhere. Do you need us to come and give a day of prayer or reflection? Do you need uh, you know, to somehow connect with us and do something for catechesis or evangelization? Do you need somebody to uh, offer a course? You know, we have all types of possibilities. We're there for them, everyone in the diocese. And I say, how do we engage in moving us forward in the future in dealing with some of the issues we face, but also how do we continue to welcome people into the church, make sure that we give them the eternal message of the gospel, and somehow realize that God is at work here, and he's moving us forward. And one of the places I think that is very valuable for any diocese is Christ the King Seminary, because we're fortunate to even have a seminary where most dioceses do not. Father Joe Gatto is President Rector at Christ the King Seminary, and if I might add, autumn at the seminary is amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful out there. It's a good time to come and see, as you would say. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to be here. It is my pleasure. CKS.edu is the website. So, uh, you know, you find out any of the things we talked about today, you'll find out more about it there. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, if uh, you, maybe you missed something on this program, you, you were busy as you were listening on the radio. Of course, our podcasts are available. You might be listening on the podcast and say, oh, Father Joe was on before. Sure, those are all up there. So you can go find that too. Uh, buffalodiocese.org slash radio or of course the namesake of this program, wnycatholic.org slash radio. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org. 